Before we get started with this week's edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast, let me let you know that it's brought to you by Draft, Draft.com. Fantasy sports fans, listen up. Did you know that your chances of winning on Draft are 80% better than on salary cap sites? That's why you need to try Draft. No more getting crushed by the pros. More than 1 million people have already downloaded Draft. Playing a real-life NBA, NFL, or for this podcast purpose, PGA Draft right now. Be done drafting in under five minutes and get paid out the day the tournament is done. The PGA version is great. You draft, you enjoy the four days, and you collect your money Sunday night. Drafts are filling every second so you can join them whenever you want. All new players, this is the catch. All new players, when they make their first deposit, get entry into a real money draft by using the promo code SD Sports. You gotta use the promo code SD Sports to get that free entry. That's right. Playing a real money draft for free by using the promo code SD Sports. But it gets even better. For some crazy reason you do not like draft, they are offering a hundred dollar money back guarantee. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play for free right now. But you have to use the promo code SD Sports. Void or prohibited must be 18 or older. See website for details. Offer must be redeemed within 14 days. Now, welcome to this week's edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast. Lay. Sir. Yeah. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast, previewing the John Deere Classic out of Silvis, Illinois. In order to do so, joined by my co-host, as always, Jesse, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Uh, another PGA Tour event this week and one last week. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, the wonderful, wonderful PGA Tour events that we get to to watch right now. But one week, um, one week till the Open. One week till the Open. Exactly. It's about to pop off next week, so we'll get to really enjoy that and uh, go from there. But until then, we do have to preview this, and we have to do a quick recap of last week's Greenbrier. We were just joking about this. We didn't get to watch a damn bit of it this week. Um, I believe you were golfing. I was golfing. We were probably playing better golf than some things we saw on TV. So at least we thought we were. Um, what are your thoughts on Kevin Na getting that first victory in like, what, 10 years or so? Seven years, something like that? Yeah, seven years. I guess yeah. the first victory since 2011. Yeah, that was that was impressive golf from him on Sundays. I was I was looking back on or on just the weekend in general. I was looking back at some of his stats, and he was uh, – just putting lights out. So, I mean, that's what it takes often is just to roll in a bunch of putts. He gained six shots uh, putting over the weekend. So, yeah, uh, Kevin Nall, uh, I don't know. He was he was nowhere on my radar last week. I I don't know if he was on yours or not. But I, was just... I, I know I mentioned him as one of the – was it 9,400 or whatever it was? I, I know I mentioned him, but he wasn't one of my favorite guys there. There was others I, I gravitated around. Him. I went Henley heavier, a little higher and whatnot. But um, it just goes to show you, and it's one thing that always makes me laugh because you can read a bunch of articles from different people. You can listen to commentary from different people, and we all do it. We're all guilty of it, but it goes to show you there's so many people that just say, I'm never playing a guy, and I'll never forget when I finally opened up Twitter, and the Twitter break was amazing, and I recommend it to many people. But uh, I finally opened up on Sunday <laughs> afternoon, and um, 
you hear you just see everybody tweeting, well, I'm going to win no money because Kevin Nas winning because like they literally just sign off and we're never touching this guy anywhere yeah. in the field. Yeah. And it, like on a week like last week, a week like this week, to me, you have to at least be willing to open your mind a little bit because these fields are so bad. And he's a great ball striker, and when he puts, he's going to do these kind of things once in a while. And I saw a stat. He's one of like 10 or 11 guys on tour in the last like seven or eight years or whatever that has 55 or more top 10 finishes. So he gets the job done more often than not. Yeah, I mean, he does. He, he's uh... – uh, he's just a head case, and that's how, yeah. how I think a lot of people don't like to to roster him and or play him. Um, he's just he's just hard to to deal with sometimes, especially just to hard watch him golf. And um, he seems like an all right guy. I mean, he seems like a guy you know you should be able to root for, but for whatever reason, um, he's just he's not fun to watch really. And I think that's probably one of the drawbacks. But yeah, I was looking back at it, man. I mean, even on Fanshare, he had like he was forty fifth, I think, in tags, um, and that's just really low it's 46 so we'll talk about a little bit more here in a little bit but i mean nobody hardly was anybody was on him but he was still you know mid he was almost 10 percent owned so whatever yeah is what it is he gets his way and he moves on the one thing i'm curious about and i remember laughing about it it was either the last tournament or the tournament before tiger was in i chuckled because um they showed pictures of him and not playing a practice round and they were like laughing for like i thought tiger was gonna belly laugh on the ground and they said Nah couldn't be interviewed at first because he just first thing he did was call Tiger and talk to him. What do you know what their deal is? I know they're both Pac-12 guys out of the Bay Area, but uh, I thought Nah went to Cal and um, Tiger went to Stanford, obviously. So what's the deal with those two? I don't have a clue. I mean, maybe he's the new Anthony Kim. <laughs> he wants to be noted of the game. <laughs> so, I mean, that's uh-huh. something I don't. I don't. I don't know. No, I, I didn't know that they were like buddy buddy like that uh, before. Like what you said that that they said Tiger called him or whatever, but yeah, this is so weird because me and a buddy driving home three hours and we're just kind of checking Twitter feeds and it's like, what's this all about? But yeah, that's weird. Guess we'll let someone else figure it out. Uh, one, one other thing I wanted to talk about is your boy Joaquin Neiman. You were all over him last week. He came through he, out the doors on Thursday. Amazing. He hung around on the weekends and he finished really really strong. Any takeaways on a man that has locked up his tour card? Only like Jordan Spieth and John Rahm are the two others to do that without going to the web.com finals. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Um, you know, he's, I mean, he's still made only like half of his, probably maybe one more than half of his cuts uh, since he started playing on tour. But um, I mean, the guy just, he's just got it. Um, 19 years old. I mean, that's got to be such a big stress reliever, especially going into this week. And we'll talk about that more later, but um. Yeah, I mean, I I really think that he probably is going to win sometime soon. I mean, he's just I guess young enough and fearless enough to just go out there and 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 not get out up in his own head and play some good golf. Pretty impressive. Yeah, it was very impressive to see. And then we got you know just looking at leaderboard, it was it was pretty weird. You know, Kelly Craft of the world, Henley had a big Sunday, a bunch of other guys. But uh, tip your caps to them. One other thing we can mention: you see John Peterson miss getting uh, his exemption by like half a point to FedEx cup points or something like that. Yeah, I did. I did. That's, that's I mean, that's, rough. yeah, I mean, it's really, really rough, but I, it doesn't seem like he gave a shit that much. Um, yeah. like I, I would be super pissed, but I, whatever, but going back to Kelly craft, I had like, I had him in like 60% of lineups last week. So that's fun. It's fun to watch him shoot 63, 64 in the first two days. And then just kind of, yeah. <laughs> He's so tilting, man. That's what I didn't have any of them this week. 
That's what these webby guys do, though. That's what these guys do. They're inconsistent. We have a big web event we'll talk about here in a minute. But uh, before we do so, why don't you give us kind of your fan share, a little recap of your recap for the uh, Greenbrier. Sure. Yeah, so like I said before, the the winner's tag rank, you know, Kevin Nye was 46th, which was basically the uh, lowest rank for a winner since the Heritage. So you're going back like almost three months there. Um, to get to that, there was, you know, seven out of the top 10 made the cut from the tag ranks. Uh, 13 out of the top 20 made the cut. Um, other than that, I mean, it was just a kind of, it was just a weird week. You know, I mean, the, there was, I think, about 10% of lineups that had six to six through the cut. Um, but, I mean, almost half the field made the cut, which 77 out of 156-ish or whatever started. Um, so that was kind of weird to me. And I was trying to look back and try to figure out why that happened. And I couldn't really pinpoint it other than, you know, ownership last week was pretty spread out. Um, there wasn't any Uber chalk. Uh, my boy Putnam was the highest owned and he missed the cut, of course, cause he was the <laughs> highest owned. So hopefully we'll get some regression on that this week. Yeah. There's gonna be a couple we'll get to talk about this week. That could be some very chalky, not sexy plays by any means pretty soon. But let's get into it. John Deere Classic time. Why don't you give us some past event history of the Classic? Yeah, so it's been played at the same golf course here since, I think, 2000. Just 2000? 2000. 2000. Yeah, yeah. It's TPC Deer Run. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, TPC Deer Run, aptly named there. Um, last year, uh, Bryson DeChambeau was your winner, 18 under. Uh, he beat Patrick Rogers by one shot. Um, talk about a tilt fest in that uh with those two in the final pairing or, or those two <laughs> duking it out there. Um, the year before Ryan Moore was your winner. He shot 22 under, uh, beat Ben Martin by two shots. Jordan Spieth has won here twice. Of course, not in the field this week. Uh, Brian Harmon, 2014. Zach Johnson's a winner here previously. Steve Stricker won this three consecutive years from 2009 through 2011. Um, but scores are going to be low uh, or high, however you want to look at it. It's going to be under par. Probably close to 20, if not better, this week. Yeah, um, through a little course preview of Deer Run, it was a 38th, I guess, most difficult. If you're a class half empty person, most difficult. So pretty darn easy in the reality of things. Last year, he said it's been there since the year 2000 at this course. Um, it's a birdie fest. Six of the last eight years, 20 under or better has taken this course. Um, that's why I said it, you know, it reminds you kind of the web.com event. It reminds you of stuff like last week. Where if you're if you're just driving it normal and you got your wedges working, you're going to be fine. And that's how this course plays out. It's a it's a par 71, 7258 yards, uh, four par threes, 11 par fours. There's only one par four over 500 yards, so that one might be a little tricky. And par is a good score there, but there's a lot of short ones that you can definitely. You, you, this isn't a bomber's paradise. You don't have to go driver off the tee. A lot of three woods, a lot of longer irons to get you in range to uh, come in from 115 in. There's three par fives. Two of them are very reachable. One of them, depending on how you set yourself up, you could reach. There's water on the course, but really doesn't come into play off the tee anywhere. Um, so you don't have to worry about that. There are a bunch of fairway bunkers that you have to kind of navigate. So, again, like these kind of shorter courses we've been seeing, it's a shot maker's course. You pick your poisons. You get your setups. You're good to go. That's why guys like Bryson have done well here. We got Wesley Bryan has done very well here recently, Brian Harmon. You look at the, the leaderboards over the last five years or so, probably go all the way back, but just five years, a lot of non-bombers are uh, doing just fine at this event. So uh, you can keep that in mind. Uh, bent grass greens, they're very, very soft, receptive greens. So you can throw darts out there. They're going to stick. 
and that's why these guys do well with the wedge game. Um, again, web.com like event. You can just go wherever you want to go. If you're an accurate driver, your wedges are working, you're putting well, like Kevin nodded on Sunday, you're going to finish very, very well at this event. So um, I know I didn't get too detailed on the semantics of the course, but basically it's a ball striker's paradise. So we'll go with it from there. What are some of the key stats you'll be targeting this week, Jesse? Yeah, T to green um, obviously is is going to be – I mean, the, the, I don't think the rough here is awful, but um, – but still want guys who are, who are gaining strokes T to green um, putting. This is a putt fest and that's one of the most tilting things uh, about golf obviously is putting. Um, but I, I am going to rank that this week because I do think you have to have some guys who are, who are putting well um, proximity, I think matters par four scoring birdies are better. Um, as well greens and greens and regulation as well. Yeah, definitely drafting scoring birdie or better stuff like that. I'd say par four scoring because these guys need to be able to attack. But, right. uh, put, but but putting, I agree with you completely because these guys uh, reading up on some stuff and there's the guys that have one here, you can tell is they can stick it within like 15 feet and they're putting well from within 15 feet, stuff like that. So those are the guys you're going to want. Um, you almost the, the the par four scoring you you got you want guys that can they're not going to bogey off like bogey avoidance isn't really a big factor, but you want pars are better on every hole because bogeys are going to set you back almost worse than most courses. So. Something to keep in mind there. Uh, before we get on to the DraftKings stuff here, I'll do a little fan share talk, and then we'll mention one thing about next week's Open real quick. But um, when you look at this event last year, as fan share takes his time loading, so we'll go to the Open real quick. Uh, there's 156 golfers in the field this week, normal cut. Uh, Jesse, you sent over a list of players. There's one spot open for yep. the Open next week, T5 or better, if you haven't qualified yet. Uh, did you want to read off the names? You want me to do it? Uh, if you got them handy there, you go okay. ahead. Uh, we've got Bronson Burgoon, Austin Cook, Bryson DeChambeau, which I'm surprised even as a winner this year, he's not in the field. Um, Justin Hadley, Zach Johnson, Matt Jones, Soon Kang, Siwoo Kim, Patton Kazire, Kelly Kraft, Molinari, Ryan Moore, Ches Reby, Kyle Stanley, um, and one other are the highest finisher, not currently exempt inside the top five, will advance. So there's some names on that list that kind of surprised me that aren't yeah. qualified. Francisco Molinari, he's won on the Euro Tour and the U.S. PGA, and he somehow doesn't qualify. So, Patton Kazire's won twice. Like <laughs> he just cut out the list. Some interesting uh, ways to qualify for the Open, but uh, and then in the Scottish this weekend, there's three exemptions getting handed out. So, we'll check all that out. But the fan share, real quick. Uh, last year at the John Deere, your highest tagged golfers were Wesley Bryan, Daniel Berger, Kyle Stanley. Danny Lee, Steve Stricker, Kevin Knott, Chad Campbell, Zach Johnson, Brian Harmon, Kelly Kraft. A lot of names that you will hear over and over this week on that list because everyone's wanting to say they're the course horses. Um, when you looked at the John Deere last week, um, or last year, oh. no, no, I meant the John Deere last year, um, and the ones that had the highest DraftKings scoring last year, you had Bryson, who won it, took it all down. And then you had um, Wesley Bryan. Rick Lamb, 86th in tag. Wesley Bryan was number one. Rick Lamb was 86. He was third in DraftKings points. Patrick Roberts was 62nd. Zach Johnson was eighth. Steve Schicker was fourth. Jonathan Bird was 86. Scott Stallings, 40th. J.J. Henry, 86. And Andres Romero was 62nd. So there was three guys in the top 10, four in the top 15 that were in the top 10 in DraftKings scoring. So like the last couple weeks, pretty up for grab is what you're kind of trying to get out of that. And then the last thing we'll bring up here for players that are in the field, 
average DraftKings points in the last three weeks of kind of who's bringing the thunder to the course or the last their last three events. Price is number one, David Lingmurth, who uh, I was a big fan of last week and came through. Um, he's number two right now. Chris Kirk, Alex Cheka, your boy Neiman is fifth. Joel Dahman is sixth. And then you got uh, Tyler Duncan, Brandon Harkins, Wesley Bryant, and Austin Cook. So a lot of names that you're going to hear, I think, a lot this week. Anybody kind of stand out to you on any of those, Jesse? Uh, Neiman, I mean, obviously he's playing well. So we'll see how chalky he is this week. That'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, I'm curious about him and a couple others we'll uh, definitely get into. But uh, the reason we wanted to get you guys that list of guys that could possibly qualify is even though people are saying this is a crap event and people might not care, there's at least a handful of guys that really do care right there. If tip for starters for you. Those are guys that are are qualified. Those are guys that are qualified. Yeah. So those are guys that are already in the field. Yeah. That makes more sense. Um, No. So then there'll just be one more from this field. If they uh, finish inside the top five, who's not on that list, who could qualify. So, okay. So there you go. So about 130 guys that could qualify with a good finish this week. Yeah. So uh, keep them in mind. That makes a ton more sense now. Um, let's get into that DraftKings points and get things really interesting here. We'll start at the 10K and above. We have an $11,600 Francisco Molinari leading the way. You got Bryson DeChambeau at 11.4, ZJ at 11.2, Neiman at 10.4, and Ryan Moore at 10.2. This is depressing, Jesse, because these are guys we love playing, yeah. but not at these price tags. Right. So uh, what do you like here? Yeah, this is uh... – I mean, you know, it, it it's it, I think for me it comes down to again like chalkiness, projected chalkiness. I don't know what you want to call it there, but I mean I th- I do think Ryan Moore is interesting. Obviously, past winner here, Zach Johnson, past winner here, has really really good course history overall. Um, Neiman, obviously, with Neiman, I mean, never played here, but. He's looking for that first win. He's trending towards that first win. Will he get it here? This is a great place. This is a, where a lot of people have had their first win ever. You know, Justin Spieth, uh, I believe this was Bryson's first win last year too, correct? Correct. Um, so, I mean, it, it just that maybe the stars are aligning for Neiman. Bryson's top of my model. Um, my thing with him is, and, and this may not even matter, but, like, does he give a shit this week? You know, I mean, is he not? Is he looking forward to next week already? Um, he's already won, obviously here. So, I mean, it's tough up top here to take any of them. I, I, I you know, I wouldn't be against a, a balanced approach fading all these guys, except I, I do like Neiman. And I'll probably play a lot of him. Yeah, I am all about the balanced approach here. But the scary part, even when I was making my list of players for the show tonight, is. I could see any of those five winning. There's a lot of weeks. There's a lot of weeks though where the 10k and above, we can pick a couple of guys out. We're like, they have to be like top three to win, and we know they. We don't think they can do that, so it knocks them off the list real quick. Yeah. I could see all five of these guys. <laughs> That's right. the scary part about fading it. Like you're talking a ball strikers paradise. Well, Molinari, Deschambeau, ZJ. You already said Bryson and and ZJ have won here before. Ryan right. Moore's won here before. And it, the only reason why Neiman and Molly probably haven't is because they haven't played here before. So it's, yeah, it's I, I'm with you on that. I, 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 you know, and they're all up in up in the models too. I mean, it's going to be one of those weeks where, you know, where does where does the ownership go? Because if it goes one place, I would maybe try to pivot off of it and go someplace else. Yeah, and we'll get to the lower price tiers and six Ks. And last week was actually a little better. Seven K you could work with. So if you're going to go up here, you're going to have to have some confidence down below. So maybe strategy. But if I have to pick just one guy from up here, oh man, I want to play Molly so bad. 
Uh, I think he does. But um, I'd probably go ZJ. I just I like his just kind of because Molly he can kind of disappear sometimes, but I'll, I'll go with ZJ uh, if I had to pick just one up top here. Let's go to the nine Ks. You got Stricker, who's won here three times. Kyle Stanley, Chesson Hadley, uh, Austin Cook, Wesley Bryan, and David Lingmurth. Good set of nine here, Jesse. Who are you liking? Yeah, I mean of the of the the bunch here, I really don't want anybody below Chesson. I am a big fan of Chesson and Stanley. Um, paying ninety eight hundred for Stricker, I, you know, I'm not one hundred percent sure, but he does rank pretty well as far as the modeling goes. So, I mean, he's obviously a three-time winner here. Um, and and so at 9,800, eh, I mean, it's just, it's hard to stomach that, but I, I, I don't mind at all like pairing up Stanley and, and Hadley fading the top guys and kind of working down from there. Um, big fan of Hadley and, and, and Stanley this week. So I'll have a lot of those two. Um, they're up in the models and they're just overall just, playing pretty well, traditional ball strikers. Um, they rank out pretty well as far as what I'm looking at. So I, I like those two a lot, actually. No, I don't mind at all. Stricker, I, I can understand uh, not wanting to pay 98. I can understand if someone wants to. It could be a pivot play later on just because just the length of the course is history here. He's a Midwest boy. He's probably paid it a ton more times than even the 13 tournaments. This is uh, probably a situation that he could do really well. But uh, I love Stanley at this price tag. This seems like a course that suits him very, very well. He's made seven of eight cuts uh, before the T55 last year as a T22 and a T18. Uh, and the way he's playing coming into this really solid golf, four or five made cuts, three of those five were T15s or better. So I really like what Stanley's got going, like you're saying, at 9,700. Cheston's really interesting to me. He always seems – I always pick the wrong weeks for him. So I'll probably leave him for you. But um, <laughs> Lingmer's the guy I'm really looking at. I've been looking at how he's been playing of late. I played him last week with a T11. He's one of those that kind of, when the putter's on, he can play well because he's, he's not having to bomb it out with a bunch of guys. And at 9K, he was so low on last week. I'm hoping that stays the same this week. And if, you know, projections are showing that, I'm going to be really high on him this week uh, coming into it. Like a, so, like, you could do Stanley Hadley. I could do Stanley Lingworth and uh, definitely head towards the 8Ks and do just fine there. Yeah, I mean, I, I could I could see that with Lingworth. I mean, I think, I think it's an interesting GPP play with Brian. I think – that price on Wesley Bryan is just, oh, my goodness. Oh. You know, I, I tweeted something out earlier about that, and you know, I don't know if people took it wrong, but I, I wasn't, I wasn't touting Wesley Bryan at all. Um, I was basically saying, welcome to Wesley Bryan ninety one hundred week. Like this is what we have to deal with. You know what I'm saying? Yep, it's the John Deere Classic, folks. The uh, fifth major. Right, uh, um, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, well, he's T eight. He's T eight and a T three in his two events here, and you know he's coming in, in quote unquote great form. I mean, yeah, I get he, it. He doesn't have to hit his driver. Right. <laughs> that's what everyone's going. I'm, I'm giving everyone the narratives right now. This is what you're going to hear. Um, but yeah, I'll sit yeah. and watch. I'm with you. Let's go to the AK. I got Kirk Rogers, Landry, Gay, Wise, Danny Lee, Piercy, Kang, Streelman, Mitchell, and Tway. If I'm starting in the 8Ks, uh, I think Chris Kirk could be interesting because if everyone is on Brian at 9,100, uh, Kirk's coming in four or five made cuts here, coming off a T6 his last time out, uh, a T11, a T8, so three in his last five events, T11 or better. 8,900 bucks. He's striking it well. He's putting it well. He's scoring well. He's just doing everything that fits this course really, really well, and he usually comes in pretty low owned. So I can definitely take a look at him. Brian Gay, he disappointed over the weekend but continues to play really, really well. 
Um, I'll look right back at him again for uh, 8600 bucks. I think he's going to be a really solid play. Again, wasn't super chalky last week. Then again, like you said, not a lot of guys were. I am not on Aaron Wise. I just wanted to mention, I think it's crazy how he's missed four straight cuts after winning. So I don't know what's going on there. Maybe you have a take on that when we get there. Um, Soon Kang's here, so maybe him and Joel Dahlman can uh, be paired up, and that could be fun. But um, other than that, maybe a Keith Mitchell, who I could see if, if it is like a webby course, he can wedge that thing all day long. And Kevin Tway, he's played really well here. So, but his is all putter-based. We've we've texted during tournaments about his putting and how filthy yeah. he is. But those are both GPP-type plays. I'd be going with kind of a Kirk and Gay up top with Mitchell and Tway as other options in the 8K. What are you liking over here? I don't, I don't mind that at all. As far as wise goes, I mean, yeah, he obviously won. And then, like you said, four straight missed cuts. We saw the same type of thing with Landry um, earlier in the year. He won uh, the Texas Open, WD 67th, missed cut, 65th, missed cut, and then finished eighth last last uh, well two weeks ago at the Quicken Loans. He finished eighth here last year. I think he's interesting at 8,700, and he's worth a, a GPP lineup or two, in my opinion. Um, I, I do like Kirk, like you were just talking about, 60th year last year, miscut, 2014. I mean, he doesn't have very good finishes, but as far as, I mean, it, at this course, but as far as like scoring DK points and stuff like that, he's actually done decently well. Um, and he's made a bunch of, made six cuts in a row on tour. So finished sixth at the St. Jude's last time out, which was about a month ago. So I don't know why he took a month off. Either way, um, I do like Kirk quite a bit. Uh, like I said, Landry. Um, Strillman, I, man, he tilted me so bad last week. Yeah. I was on him and did not, did not expect him to miss the cut. I mean, he, he did battle back and shot 66 on, on Friday, but, uh, but still missed the cut cause it was just under par, just putter wasn't working. And that's the second straight week his putter hasn't been working. So maybe he went, took a putter lesson, um, or something like that, uh, while he was off. So I think he's interesting. I don't know if I'll really go back to him, um, just because, he, he, he tilted me so hard, but that might be good for everybody else. Another guy who I think is interesting is Scott Piercy, uh, 14th, third, 45th, 34th, his last four starts here. Um, he did make the cut. The green buyer did not play well on the weekend. Uh, and then also made the cut. Obviously the U S open was in contention for a little while. He's up in the models. Um, putting's not been very good, uh, but his proximity and Tita green game is there. Um, so he's interesting to me. Like I said, I don't know. I don't know how much I'll play him either. I mean, there's a, a huge potential that if I take Stanley and, and Hadley, then I'm dipping down, passing this whole entire region up, just because it's going to be difficult to fit really one of these guys in without getting super low down here. And farther down we go. Yeah, no, that that's kind of what I was thinking. rabbit hole here. Exactly down the fun, fun world of the web.com yeah. meets the PGA Tour. Right. Um, let's go into that set with two seventy five hundred above. You got Kelly Craft, Wagner, Blom. C, Wu, Kim, Pan, Dahman, Duncan, Putnam, Watney, Burgoon, Palmer, Reeve, Stallings. First off, Dahman 76, Reeve 75. What do you think their ownerships are going to be? Well, see, let's see Reeve's course history. I mean, yeah, he's, he's, he's made yeah. Seven cuts. <laughs> yeah, he's made a bunch of cuts. He hasn't missed one since 2009 here. He is coming off two straight missed cuts on tour, though. Um, that's interesting. I mean, that's, that is a hell of a price for him in this field. I mean, for, for this field, I mean, two months ago when we were, you know, at the Wells Fargo or something, wasn't he about the same price in a much better field? That's, there's, that's been, there's, there's been bad fields where Ruby's I think been in the 10 Ks. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Dahlman, um, I could see more people going to Revy than Dahlman, uh, just because Revy's name is, is more known than Dahlman. So yeah, I, it's going to be interesting again this week to watch the, the, uh, the ownership. Um, but as far as guys I'm on, like CT Payne, I think is, is okay. I do like Dahlman. I will, I will, I will go back to Andrew Putnam. Um, I think he can bounce back after that. Um, he didn't really hit the ball bad. He's just, his putter has been kind of, trashy and uh and some of that is because he's just not hitting it that close um here recently so hopefully he can fix that but he does do well on par fours um and hits a lot a lot of greens i mean he hit 75 percent greens regulation last week and still missed the cut um he shot one under for the week so it's not like he was that far off so i, I do like him again this week and i will be going back to him no matter what tyler duncan's interesting um siwoo i mean i could see why you play him but his his recent form has just been kind of weird to me um i don't want kelly craft i'll let everybody else jump on that bandwagon yeah no that bandwagon is going to be so full this this week that's going to be something else but uh, i'm with you i'm on guys like joel Dahman. i think that's a, a really good one at 7600 uh and then i look at nick watney I, I think I might as well get like a, a hat that says I'm on part of the fan club because it just his price every week. I play him for the potential he can, he can be. Yeah, so I'm with at 7,600 bucks. I just, it gives me a comfort zone when I, when I need some guy in this range. So call me soft, whatever you want, but Watney, Reavy, <laughs> um, and then Stallings well, like. at 70, Stallings at 75, you know, he, he had that run earlier in this year. Then he faded away. We've seen that with a lot of guys this year coming back. He's always, it's make a cut, miss a cut, make a cut, miss a cut. But he's T13 last week, played really, really well. He's a, got a T5 and a T16 his last two trips here. So he's a guy at 7,500 I could look at that maybe be a pivot off of Revy, um to get away from some people. I could I could deal with that. He played – I mean, he had a really, really good Friday at the Green Bar. Yeah, he shot 63 last Friday. Um, he had a lot of greens last week. Putter wasn't that great, but, um, yeah, I could, I could get behind 7,500 Scott Stallings in this field. What about Ryan Palmer? You got anything for him at seventy? <laughs> that guy, my God! Like, Shout out to Kevin. Yeah, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Rudy. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, um, man. Yeah, T eight is last time out, but man, he is tilting. He's he's only making half his cuts this year. He's not yeah. good at this course. But it's like you said, if you're talking ball strikers and putters and stuff, if he's on, you would not be shocked if he's top ten in this thing. I guess I mean, as a GPP was- player. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he was 0.7% owned at the Quicken Loans. And I mean, I, I remember when he used to be almost a cash game staple. I mean, it, people would just tilt the shit out of him hitting in the water on 18 to miss the cut all the time. But um, so, I mean, th- those days are gone, but I mean, maybe he figured something out a quick. And I think he's he's an, he's an interesting GPP play because, of course, guys will be off of Of course, history guys will be off of him. Um, I mean, I don't know how much I'll play of him because I can't hardly – Stand it, but maybe you'll use some, maybe you'll use some of your secret sauce in your model, and you'll, it'll come out on top for you. Never know. You never know, but uh, I do think that's a, a good name to keep in mind because if anything, it's a pivot in a GPP um, with a guy that can't contend. Let's go seventy four hundred and, and below. I'm not going to read them all off. Uh, what are some of the guys you're looking at here? Uh, yeah, there's there's a few down here in this region. I think are playable. Um, you know, I don't know how popular HV3 will be after that uh, nice little run he had um, last week. He did miss the cut, his only appearance here in 2017. Uh, 
so I, I, I mean, I just, it's so hard for me to get behind him because he's like, he's, he reminds me of like a Kelly Craft type of guy. He's just, he's up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, he's only got two top tens this year. But either way, uh, if his if his ownership is high, I don't want anything to do with him. Corey Connors, man. So last week, um, I played him a bunch over the weekend because uh, he was hitting a lot of greens and hitting a lot of fairways, and he just could not putt. I mean, hitting it to eight feet and missing it. So, dude, I'm so tired of chasing these putters. Um, <laughs> it's bad. But I mean, like he's the high upside play here at 7,300. If he gets the putter going, I think Harkins could, you know, could be okay um, for 7,300 in this field. I don't mind that at all. Sabatini's another guy who I think is playable. Same Saunders was okay last week. Um, he was uh, he was right there um, to make it, I believe, into the open, and then kind of had a couple bogeys coming down the stretch, or at least one knocked him out. And then shout out to the dude Pat in the uh, um, Sports Dgens uh, Slack chat. He was talking about Stephen Yeager last week, yep. um, and he actually played pretty well, finished forty seventh. Uh, I, I think he's interesting at 7,100 because I think you could do a lot worse. Um, he's he's kind of just a down-the-middle guy, hit on the green and, and go on, but he's not going to wow you really. But he he can flash sometimes, mm-hmm. so I don't mind that at all at 7,100. I might play him on a couple lineups. No, he's definitely – I'll just skip to him. Right? He's, he's on my list. He will be a punt of mine later on. Um, I cheated by going over 6,900. But uh, I, I do like <laughs> Steven Yeager. Um, I talked to you about it a lot. I, I I think I mentioned it on this pod a few times, but the No Laying Up podcast by the Callaway Boys and PGA Tour, they do great stuff. They're in Europe right now, but they interviewed Steven Yeager at the BMW a couple weeks ago. And this kid, he gets it. Like, he understands he's struggling. He understands he's off the web tour. And the way he describes the, the tournaments he likes are fields like last week and this week, where it's it, it reminds him of web.com, where he just needs to work on his wedge game. And this yeah. is what this is to a T. Like, he literally filed and said, the best courses for me to play are, are birdie fest. And I'm like, okay. Sounds good. Good to know. <laughs> I was like, I wanted to see you last week, so that's a I'll really good nugget. I'll, I'll really play good. it this week, and I'll probably miss the cut now. But um, like when I heard him say that, I was like, okay, because he was one of our guys in the preseason. We talked to right. him as a young guy to watch on the web, and because uh, he he was telling stories about when some of these tough courses came up and he wasn't exempt, didn't want to qualify, he'd go play on the web and he'd show up and people would be pissed off because basically a PGA Tour pro is coming to play on the web right now and he go and smoke the field. <laughs> he come back so funny guy but uh yeah this perfect setup for him i like this a lot i um, like that nugget you just threw out there too i don't listen to the laying up much probably not as much as i should but uh that's good stuff they have good like you don't listen to all of them but when they have certain guys on that i don't know a bunch about i enjoy it because they kind of after you know it's kind of tense for a few minutes so they fill each other out they yeah. really start talking about like john rom was really good on there ernie ells was great but everybody knows ernie by now but uh there's always pretty interesting stuff there yeah, those guys live um, the life too. Like oh, that's man. the life they're, I want to live. They're at St. Andrews right now, getting ready to go. It's, it's like the, the stories they, they tell about made. their trips. It, yeah, they did something right in the past life. Yes, they did. Uh, all right, Scott Stallings talking about Brian Harkins. I do like that one a lot. And Corey Connors, I like both of those. Just consistent players. They've never played this course, so the course history guys will be turned off. But I think they're just solid, solid players. I think they're some of the better cash game options down here. If you're if you're not playing GPPs, just because. They might not light the world on fire, but they're very, very good cut makers and um, something to keep in mind there. Um, I love Rory Sabatini this week. He's played well at this course in the past, five or six cuts made, three top 25, T19 here last time out. 
And, you know, he was on on fire, missed a couple of cuts, but came back with a T39 last time. So that gives me a little hope that he's going to find it again. He's another guy doesn't have to bomb it. So that, that comes into play big time. Um, and then a couple of horses that you're going to hear just if you are into a course history thing. And I doubt I will play these guys, but I remember last year, I think I actually might have played them here. And uh, especially for a while, I played Scott Brown almost every week for a while last year. He was on one of his little cut-making tears. But he's 7,100. And then Chad Campbell's a guy I used to play all the time. He's had a horrible year this year. But he's 10 for 10 on made cuts here. And he's $7,000. So so something to keep in mind later on. But they're not my favorite plays. I'd rather go Jaeger or Harkins or Sabatini, something like that. Uh, Let's dip into the 6K, Jesse, where it's a little murky. I'm just going to give a couple here. I'm going to go back. If I need to, I'll go back to Von Taylor at 6,900 bucks. He had a four-hole stretch where he bogeyed four straight holes. If he just doesn't bogey one of those, he makes the cut. Like it was just so tilting. He was three putting, and it was it was unbelievable. That's why he finished Friday. He was up to three under at one point, like tied for fourth, and then all of a sudden, like holes thirteen through seventeen, it was a bogey fest. And then he played okay on uh, Friday again. So that was tilting. I'll go back to him because he's his his game fits these kind of courses. He's perfect for these courses. Um, and then the other ones, you just look at kind of some older vast history guys for me as like a JJ Henry or a, a Senden. Ideally, when I name names like that, I don't want to be down here. So what do you have in the six Ks, Jesse? Yeah. Yeah, this is uh this is a wild place, but there are a few. Um I think Nick Hardy uh is one. We talked about him a couple I think for the travelers, um, if I'm not mistaken, I talked about him a little bit. Uh he actually played in the John Deere Classic here last year, finished fifty fifth. Um He's web.com guy mostly, but he made the cut, the travelers. He did make the cut. the uh, in the web.com event he played in last week as well, just hits a lot of greens and um, gives himself opportunities, which, um, you know, you just never know what could happen there. So I think he's interested at 69 Stegmeyer. Um, he's actually decently high in my model here. Uh, and I think the reason is he's, he's been putting very well here recently. Um, so, He's interesting. He hits a lot of greens again, another guy. So I, I don't mind him. Uh, I don't know how much I'll actually get down in this region, just as a kind of disclaimer, but uh, Stegmeyer is one, another one. And did you see all the talk about this uh, Norman Oh, yeah. X? Yeah. Let's just call him Norman X. Yep. Uh, that way I don't offend anybody. Um, but, he, I mean, he didn't play terrible last week. Just his putter was awful. Um, and it's $6,600. I'll be interested to see how much he's owned this week. Cause that, I mean, like he skyrocketed up fan share last week and like had way more tags than anybody else on. I don't know if everybody was just feeling good July 4th, but um, you know, I stayed away from Twitter for most of the day, came back to it and, and it, it, it kind of broke down. Did you yeah. see all that stuff? Oh, they were all in love with him. Yeah. And then all went away come Friday afternoon. Yeah. But I mean, he, dude, he was, he hit the ball really, really well. Like I said, just could not make a putt um, and was still there. I mean, he didn't miss the cut by much. So I think he's an interesting play at 66. And that's that frees up so much space um, for GPPs, especially large field ones. Five dollar GPP. Um, I think he's I think he's a pretty good play, actually. And I would actually go back to him this week because, I mean, a lot of the guys that I'll follow and, and actually you know trust their opinion on, they were on him. So mm-hmm. they were. Um, he reminds me of your boy. I forget his name now. All of a sudden, that you played when they were over in Asia for like three days, three tournaments in a row. Oh, Seng Su Han. No, no, he was the American kid playing over there. 
Uh, he was fresh out of college, basically. What the hell is his name? It's good radio. Um, <laughs> don't, don't, don't worry about it. I'll figure it out later. Okay. But um, would you rather have Norman X or your boy Adam Shank, who's been shanking it lately? Yeah, I'm not on Shank. He's not. He's not. I'm nowhere okay. near Shank. Uh, I'll I'll pass on Shank this week. Um, I hope he comes back though, because I just, you know. Yeah. Like the other the other trendy name that people I think are going to talk a lot about he's 7K this week, and we kind of skipped over him is uh Mr. Meyer. The other college kid shot a you know, T17 uh, in his last time out. He played here last year, missed a cut, but uh, people were all over him in his tournament, and he did quite well. So it'll be interesting to see how it turns out this week. Yeah, there's there's a couple other guys there at 7,000 too that I didn't mention. Um, like seven, like Sam Ryder is I think another one. Yeah. Sean O'Hare at 7,000 is pretty egregious as far as this field. I mean, I know he's not played that winner, last winner. <laughs> right. I mean, that's that's wild to me. Um, and there was one more there too that I was going to mention, but uh, we'll just move. Oh, Lanto Griffin. I know uh, Mayo's been on him a little bit, and he he made the cut last week, so. Yeah, Lanto is definitely one that got my attention. It's one of those regions. You cut, this is down there. It's almost more of a um, look Wednesday night, see what the ownership looks like, deviate away. But yeah. uh, at least that's that's my two cents. Or you can go super safe there and deviate higher up with little more consistent players, whichever floats your boat. Uh, let's talk punts, Jesse. I already said uh, I like Von Taylor, and I'll I'll cheat with Jaeger at seventy one. So if you want to go seventy one, seventy two or below, go for it. Yeah, I mean, as far as a punt goes, uh, I, I do like the Jaeger call. You know, uh, just because we're both on them, though, don't go all in on. St- on st- yes, don't go all in on anybody. Just um, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, save your money for next week either way. But uh, other than that, yeah, Nick Hardy, Stegmeyer, and then uh, and Norman Norman X. The X Man, the new X Man, maybe. We'll have to get a new nickname. New we already have, we already yeah. have an X Man. Right. Um, okay, who's your bust this week? Man, yeah, that's that's tough because, tough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it feels so wild here. Um, but I'll go, uh, I'll go Austin Cook. Yeah, I was thinking Austin Cook or uh, Steve Stricker. I think eventually you're gonna have to think the kids are gonna lap him eventually. Yeah. And I've been saying that I've been saying that all year though, and he keeps putting out top twenties. So right. who knows? <laughs> he's uh, I mean, he just got the course history here too. Just he's just yeah. If it, if he if his putters is if he can make some putts like twenty footers, I think he'll he'll be in contention Sunday. Yeah, no doubt about it. That's a big if uh, though. Big if. Who's your core at this point in time? Yeah, I mean, like I talked about before, I, I, I'm big time on Stanley and Hadley. Um, like them quite a bit, so I think they'll be there. Uh, and, and Neiman too. I'm gonna fit him in somehow, so I'll probably have one lineup with Neiman and the other in the other lineup with Stanley and Hadley. Um, yeah, I'll be looking at uh, in the middle area, kind of the, the Gay and Domin guys. I like them to kind of round out the middle, but Stanley up top with my Lingmurth. There's gonna be a lot going on there. And I have to keep just like slapping my hand every time I want to go try to click on Molinari. That's that's the tough one right now. Right. Uh, who's your pick to win? Give us a, a close one and a long shot. So uh, as far as one of the favorites, I would go Neiman um, or Hadley. Can I take two up top? <laughs> and then uh, a long shot. Um, man. 
One other guy I didn't mention before was Burgoon. I've been on him the last couple of weeks, and he's playing really well, 7,500. But as far as winning, I don't think he can win. So, Andrew Putnam? I can dig that. <laughs> uh, I don't, I, I'm going to go – of course, I have to say I think Molly's going to win, but we're going to have to go past that. Um, right. I like I like Lingmurth. He's around 45-50 or something like that. I think he can be a sneakier call. And if we want to go really long shot, I'd say this might be the week a guy like a Keith Mitchell breaks through. Wouldn't surprise me. I don't mind that at all. Or like maybe potentially Joel Dahlman. Um, he's been yeah. playing really well recently. They're both at 80. Um, so if you sprinkled on on those two, um, wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Lingman's, Lingmurth's at 50. This is Bovada. So Lingmurth's at 50. Neiman's at 16. And uh, Putnam's at uh, 66 at the moment. It's some good little darts to throw around there. Yeah, this um, isn't a bad turn at all to take no. some long shots here. I mean, you got Ches Revy at 80 to 1 in this You field. have to sprinkle a little, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty steep for him, but yeah. Heck, even, even like a T20, T10 on him wouldn't be too bad. Right. Um, all right, we had a couple listener questions. Our buddy Bucks, who I guess we'll put it out this way, he has moved on to other ventures, and we wish him the best. So he won't, won't be with us anymore. But uh, it was a it was a fun run while it lasted. He had a couple of questions. Will I pick Molinari? Well, yes, that was obvious. Um, and then I believe he was asking you if you were going to play Neiman. I think we've established that as well. Um, Husker Picks, our buddy, asked a question of who are some guys that have struggled earlier this year that you could see having a good kind of stretch run as we get towards the end of the season. There are a couple guys that stood out to you. Uh, one's Woodland. Um, I mean, he's, he's kind of, he, he had a really, really poor middle of the season and he's kind of been coming back, but I could see him, um, making a run here and, and potentially making the playoffs, uh, at the end of the year here and maybe making a run there too. Um, other than that, like I think Landry has potential, um, to bounce back and kind of make a run. Um, another guy, I mean, who's not really been playing, not really struggling necessarily, but Hadley's been playing better as of late. So it'd be interesting to see if he can make a run. But it's one of those things that, like, when he tweeted that, I was kind of, I was thinking about it. And it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, if you haven't got it by now, you know, I mean, are you really going to be able to get it in the next two or three weeks before the it's, FedEx it's Cup starts? Pretty, pretty soon, when, once the FedEx Cup starts, it's going to be really tough fields on yeah. really, really good golf courses. So it's not the time to figure it out. Right. It's well, the, you know, the other the other thing about that is, you know, we've got two majors in the next what month, because mm-hmm. um, you've got the Open Championship and then you've got the PGA Tour uh, or the PGA Championship, um, and then the playoffs start. So, I mean, that's a really good. That is, I, I I think that's a really good question. But you know, Woodland, I think is probably the guy that I would go to who I think of who's been struggling and and has a chance to bounce back. Yeah, the guy for me would have been like a Pat Perez who started out on fire and he struggled. We know he can play on driver courses even without his driver. It's just his short game's been a disaster lately. So if he can figure that out, he could be interesting. Then there's a couple others that I know can play with these big boys. We've seen them, and they've kind of slowly come back, but it's been more in Europe, um, like Alex Norn and Tomas Peters, guys we were really high on earlier in the year. I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, as the FedEx Cup starts winding it down, seeing them hanging around towards the end for a little bit, at least, especially Norn. Norn started out the year guns blazing and then he played well recently in Europe. I think he could be a guy to uh, definitely 
come back to earth once we kind of, you know, go back to Florida and do some other things. Right. Um, one last thing, Euro tour loaded this week because everyone's getting ready for the open. The Scottish open is this week. Uh, do you have any hot takes on this? You got Justin Rose leading the way, Fowler, Reed, Hatton, Matsuyama, Cooch is over there, Mickelson, so many fun, fun people. Let me switch this around real quick and I'll tell you, but I haven't looked into it much and I, dude, I just, I talk about it every time you mention it, like the, the contests are so bad. Yeah. Um, Ashley, Morgan, was, Ashley Morrison tweeted that out today and he's like the head Euro guy for that on Twitter that I've ever followed. And right. he, he, he tweeted out four pictures of like the top 8,000 and above pricing yeah. and they have no, you can't have a good tournament for those. That was crazy. Yeah. I mean, this is a loaded field. I mean, you do have, You've got Rose, Fowler, Reed, Hatton, like you said, Matsuyama. Um, that's a really, really, really good field. And the contests on DraftKings are just like, I mean, I was looking at them last week and it's just awful. I don't know how they are this week. But either way, as far as some picks, um, I mean, besides the, the obvious is, uh, you know, Macias Schwab, Jordan Smith, I think is interesting. Um, so there's a couple down there in the low sevens. They're both 7,100. Yeah. Jump into Slack chat. If you got any questions, cause Jesse, he will DJ in on it. Don't let him act like he's not going to play it, but, yeah. uh, I should, I really should. I always forget about it though. Like since the, since the context, are, I haven't been playing it. And so yeah. I've just, and so I've just forgot about it basically. So by the time it locks, I'm like, Oh shit, I should have put a lineup in he's there. Just, to at least matter. I know that this just could be a fun week because everyone's going to go to all the names they know. So right. you true. can definitely get some advantages on this one. So they do have some some better contests out there. I'm mean, I'm seeing five K to first and a five dollar, five K to first and a two seventy five. So that's way bigger than what they have had recently. So good to know. Maybe they'll slowly get it going. But uh, like you said earlier, don't go too crazy this week unless you're feeling lucky. Whatever you want to do, but uh, just don't be stupid because there's a lot of great tournaments next week. Right. Loaded field, the Open Championship. It's going to be a ton of fun. Um, check us out on Twitter at always press DFS and go give us a rate and review on iTunes and all wherever you're listening to the deal. Cause it'll help get this thing moving on even better than it already has been. Uh, Jesse, any final words for the week? Uh, no, uh, just one thing on bucks though. You know, it was, uh, it was a mutual uh, parting of ways there. We hugged it out virtually in gift form. Yeah, So there's no hard feelings there between uh between us or him, and uh, and it's just one of those deals where it was just time to time to move on. So, uh, well, we might have some uh, some news coming up here soon on some different things that we're going to be doing. But um, still, Bubba and I, we're we're happy to be here. Yep, we're happy to do it. We'll have guests on peri- peri- uh, periodically, and some fun little things kind of working with that are streaming in the minds that uh, yep. I think you guys will be looking forward to once we get it all kind of fine tuned. So a lot of good things to come up ahead. Again, we're on Twitter at always press DFS. Jesse is at DFS golf gods and I'm at BD trick. Have fun this week. Enjoy time with your family on the weekends. Go do something fun. Get ready for next weekend. And um, hopefully you cash in DFS. But uh, this was the John Deere classic, always pressing PGA DFS preview. Catch you guys next time. Oh,